With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hi, I'm Gareth Roberts. This is an extra free show for you, all about our experiences of the policing and the stewarding in Seville before the match, at the match, after the match. Uh, I'm sure you've heard a lot about this already in the in, in the national newspapers, The Echo and so on. Um, but this is actually our wrap-up video, uh, which we put out every week on YouTube and on Facebook. But if you haven't seen it, we thought it was worth putting out as a podcast as well, because it's a good chat, 20 minutes or thereabouts, of uh, myself, Neil Atkinson and Craig Hannon discussing our experiences, but also having a broader chat about why football fans are perceived the way they are, why they're treated the way they are, and what can be done to change that really, on, on particularly on trips abroad. So enjoy it. It's the wrap-up. Uh, me, Gareth Roberts, Neil Atkinson, Craig Hannon, all back in Liverpool after our trip to Seville. Uh, a little bit different this week in that we won't be talking too much about football and more about our treatment and the treatments of other Liverpool fans in the stadium, outside the stadium, uh, and, you know, before that Seville v Liverpool match. I mean, I think what's worth saying first, lads, is that um, there's another video kicking about, documenting our day, and we need to get the message across, first of all, that we had a wonderful day, didn't we? That we enjoyed Seville, that people were friendly to us, that it was a, a beautiful city. I think we'd all say that we'd go back there again, and we'd love to experience it, but the experience at the ground was something totally different. Yeah, I mean, I loved Seville, thought it was great uh, until about 20 past eight, at which point it sort of went downhill a little bit. Uh, and then, you know, I didn't get in the ground. And then I went to a bar and just to sort of emphasise in amongst all of this, I then sat quite happily in a bar with with the people from Seville. It was just, it was full of Seville people. It was like the distance from the ground to the Arkles at Liverpool, really. And there was no bother whatsoever. I had a chat to a couple of people. It wasn't like they were. I was walking in and they were in fear of their life. It wasn't like I was sitting there thinking. And this is while Seville coming back in the game. I'm thinking, oh, it's all going to go off here. At no point was that the vibe. So the whole day in Seville was the business. It's just a kerfuffle around the ground. That, that's that's left a, a sour taste, I think, in people's mouths. And what we found out since as well, um, obviously didn't know this at the time, but local TV, it appears, was reporting that there were Liverpool hooligans in the city. That's how it was described. That came up on the display. Um, and Craig, it did feel like sort of the way the police were towards us as a set of fans once we got by the ground. It felt like they were sort of policing on, on a reputation rather than what they actually had in front of them, which was in general from what we saw a friendly bunch of, bunch of people who've enjoyed the trip to Spain. You say reputation, but it was a reputation that they've created in their own minds and reported on. Like, um, it was funny that the news footage on the um, on the TV was showing Liverpool fans outside a pub singing football songs. That was it. Um, and throughout the day, uh, any of the Liverpool fans that we saw, it was a nice atmosphere. It was a friendly atmosphere, even in the square where most of the Liverpool fans were congregating and having a drink. There was no trouble. There was no. there was. There was no reason for the police to police it in this way and like you said, the, our night at the football couldn't have been any different to our day in Seville. Um, as soon as we got to the stadium, it was just hostility, that's how it was policed. And, policed and, in right gear. Yeah, police in right gear, visors down, holding batons and that, it just, it was a complete contrast to the day that we'd had in Seville where it was calm and it was a, a nice friendly atmosphere. 
Well, to talk directly about our experience, because that's what we're best pleased to do, there are plenty of other reports around, and we'll talk about those in a minute, but our experience was that we began to queue up to get into the ground with about 20 minutes before kick-off. Um, we were all experienced football fans. For us, that's plenty of time normally to get into a ground. Uh, some people have said you should have got there earlier. Well, thanks for that with hindsight, but we didn't know at the time, obviously. We thought that and would be And also, no one's ever saying that to anyone who goes to the opera or goes to the theatre or anything like that. No one's ever saying that to those people. So we're in a queue. Uh, it's not moving this queue. Uh, there's no one communicating to us. There's no one telling us why we're in a queue and why it's not moving. Meanwhile, there are more police arriving. There are police on horseback. There are people the police corralling us into different queues and again as I say no communication at all and no 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 English speaking people there I mean you know that might sound terrible in one way but I've been to European aways before we all have and Liverpool's have sent stewards there in the past apparently they did, they did this time but we didn't experience any of them but when you've got Liverpool stewards there what you have is a form of communication they, they understand what's going on they can tell you what's going on and it keeps everything down to a level everyone understands where they're going we didn't understand what was going on we, could, we start to hear the Champions League music being played and every football fan knows that that means kick-off is imminent we're then there for when Roberto Firmino scores a goal. We can hear them cheering. We know it's not the full ground, so we work out it's the away end. People are starting to get a little bit restless, wondering when, after they've paid 60 euros, why, they, why they're not allowed well, to get into the ground. Just on that, Gareth, I thought that, you know, just around where we were, so again, I can't speak for everyone, I thought the way they looked, that situation could have been a hell of a lot worse if Liverpool supporters hadn't self-policed all the way through there was there was people talking shouting the, the, be, the best communication that came from it was Liverpool supporters shouting to each other don't push shouting back from the front as to what was going on it was the only reason why I think that doesn't become an absolutely nightmarish kickoff is because the Liverpool supporters even though they can hear their team score a goal actually react to it with a certain amount of sort of magnanimity really we just sort of go oh sound this is one of them and we're all just going to try and get through it the best we can and I think that that's a really important thing to say which is that there was everyone around me I thought the conduct of everyone around me was absolutely spot on I mean in fact we had a laugh with it we were you know we were all yeah. sort of, we were all sort of singing letters in letters in letters in and having a bit of a laugh with it and once we did start so we finally do start to move towards the ground uh, we got we passed through a cordon of uh, police with with the riot shields with the batons everything else now i'm i'm making a video about the trip uh, that you'll be able to see that elsewhere um and then so i've got my phone like this i'm filming things and i have the phone knocked out of my hand by a police officer who then says to me don't film my face in that manner in an aggressive manner i just asked for my phone back i wasn't interested in any conflict i wasn't interested in taking on a police officer wearing a riot shield and holding the baton but, you know, in general, the vibe that we got while we're in the queue, while we're in and around the ground, from both police and stewards, it wasn't a good one, was it, Lance? We were treated with disdain from, from start to you know, from start to end, we were treated with complete disdain. Um, we, once we'd got through the um, sort of barricade of riot police to get on to the next checkpoint, um, they, were, they, were, they wouldn't allow my bag in, they wouldn't allow Neil's bag in. Um, they took my bag, wouldn't tell me where it was going, was just pointing to somewhere in the stadium, there was no one to, 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 you know, to give me any sort of information. Now, we had a flight at half one in the morning, so I knew that at the end of the match I would have to get, um, I would have to get my bag back. I knew by the way we'd been policed that they were going to keep us in at the end, they weren't going to let us out, which in the end happened. We were kept behind for 40 minutes after the game. So it was all a bit of a nightmare and it just, there was no, just exactly what you say, there was no information. There was, you know, it was just, it was just push them in, take their bags, put a tag on it, go. 
and that and that was how it was. I mean, and you know, bags at sporting events, current culture, it, it's understandable that maybe that that's a problem, but but it requires the communication. And and you know, Seville, Liverpool FC, police, they all know where you are. You, they all know you're arriving at an airport. They all know you're leaving an airport. They all know you're in a city centre during the day. There's lots and lots of opportunity to tell people to be there at a certain time, to leave an hour before kickoff that you can't bring a bag. But even this, if that was the policy, by the way, if you couldn't bring a bag, what are you supposed to do? We were on a day trip. We were leaving at, you know, half six in the morning and arriving back at half four the next morning. You're going to need a bag, especially if you're bringing a child and things like that. You know, what are you supposed to do? Why, why are we being treated in this sort of manner, as Neil says, other sporting events, other musical events, whatever, with big crowds? It seems it's- that you're not treated in the same way you know where's the respect for football fans it's not a high tech thing if you need to search a bag make sure you've got a table so you can put the bag down on the table and I the steward the initial the first steward I was, I was dealing with when I was going through and I you know, you know I think it's really important that for me this this there's individuals who sort of I dealt with throughout the time and I've tried to, as much as possible not make this about individuals because they're individuals who are put into a circumstance and you know if if for instance you're running stories about Liverpool supporters being hooligans and your gaffer and your the policeman says you've all got to turn up and wear your visors down and you're wearing riot gear it creates a mentality my point about this is the creation of a mentality so there was in the most simple sense this steward he knows the game's kicked off he can see that there's this crowd of people and now there's this fellow with this bag and he just wants me out the way mm. and so, but he's not even got the facility to be able to say can I just have a little look in there mate I open it up and he just goes straight away I'm taking that off you when if I just emptied it out he'd have seen what was in it but he doesn't. He literally doesn't have a table to put it on and I think across the board you know it seems to me as though a mentality and this is why I think it is really distressing and from all the reports that you hear it just seems as though a mentality around that stadium and it's not to do with the people of Seville it's to do with the police and the stewards and those policies a mentality was completely wrong and that's where you know all these stories of people with flags people with flags ended up getting being punched and things like that mm. having the flags thrown at them all of this stuff's absolutely dreadful and what it, it just tells you of a mentality which is just not at all open to the idea of football supporters coming into this ground and that is for me that is the real like all the individuals I dealt with listen they weren't great far from it mm. but they've been psyched up into this mentality where they are going to talk to you like that and I, and I think that's, that's the thing that is genuinely concerning and the thing that does need addressing but even then there was no you know, there was no common sense like when we were queuing to get my bag back at the end um, people had had caps confiscated someone had had a book confiscated they were, having to, queue up. They yeah. were having to queue up in, in crowds that you know again weren't being shared right it was like I was I was against the bar um, getting pushed into the barrier and again it's Liverpool fans that are saying move back move back while stewards are shouting obscenities at you from from the from the steps above there just was no common sense and like the um, I read a story about someone not allowed their flag in, which had been approved by Liverpool, which had been in grounds all around Europe that said defiance, but Spanish police deemed that as being too political. And it just didn't seem to be any common sense from start to finish. I mean, much worse has been reported elsewhere. Uh, Obviously, we're not privy to all the details around that. We weren't there. We didn't witness it, but we've no reason to distrust some of the people who were saying this. Uh, Neil knows some of them personally. Anna Burgess was was, was one of the people who was was punched and had a flag taken from her. There's an account in the mail today from Vicky Kropp who says that she was groped inappropriately by stewards and has never been treated that way before at a football match. Anna's also said her search was absolutely bang out of order. Uh, There are other reports from fans being refused entry for no good reason, being hit with batons and more. Uh, There were plenty of empty seats round uh, and it was a sold out Liverpool end. So that suggests to me that plenty didn't get in and and remember again that they had paid 60 euros for this pleasure. 
Um, and our, our tweets as well on the night, uh, prom, you know, detailing what had been going on, also prompted replies from Leicester fans who'd been to Seville. Um, who'd experienced very similar behaviour. All of this says to me, could this not have been predicted? Could it not have been prevented? Could there not have been better communication? Could Liverpool not have thought more about the safety of their fans and sent over more stewards? Uh, they're talking about maybe they sent about six according to the mail. I don't trust everything that's in the mail, so we'll take that as it is. But could, you know, could there have been more done? I would suggest yes. Um, Another thing quickly that I wanted to talk about is that we as football fans, not just those sitting in front of a camera in general, we need to not accept this type of thing as normal. And yeah. I think I think also as well we need not to disappear down the road of, you know, uh, cultures and tribes. So, you know, we're getting replies to our tweets talking about scousers this, scousers that and scousers the other. And that's being condemned by me and everyone else. But if this happens to Manchester United or if this happens to Tottenham Hotspur, we as football fans should be backing them as well because we've experienced this thing. They'll experience that thing. We need to come together as one. And, and we should also believe their accounts, take their accounts yeah. at face value. It's not to say that every account is going to be absolutely spot on because trust me, one of the big things that I did when I came out and I've got, uh, you know, I'm talking to people outside there and everyone's quite really quite rattled. And all I was thinking was I just need to get down what happened to me in order mm. because I know that as soon as I get, you know, as soon as I get a certain time frame or distance away from this, I'll lose the order of what's happened here and I just wanted to get it down in order so that isn't to say that every single account is, is, is going to be absolutely accurate but it is to say they should be taken at face value and should be taken in good faith and I think that the idea that you do sort of so you know if something happens to United supporters in the next you know next European game or something like that rather than go well it's United supporters why don't we go no we'll take this at face value we'll take it at good faith because we all know what it is to be a football supporter and to be treated a certain way. And Gareth's quite right when he also says this shouldn't be accepted as normal. It's not. And, you know, there is a point here which, you know, the, and it, it's not to... There's, there's, there's a culture within football that's desperate to treat supporters as customers. And there's, every now and again, I'm like, I feel like going, you know what, all right, I'm all right with that. But you don't do that to customers then. Everything that went on there does not happen to mm. customers. So if you do want to treat us as customers, that's sound. But if you want to treat us as supporters, then what you should also be saying is, well, these people, they go and they represent Liverpool. So let's take their account in good faith on that side. I think whichever way this goes, it's really important that people go into any investigation or conversation in good faith. I mean, the other thing is that once we're inside the ground, uh, we were directed pretty much anywhere. It was sit wherever you want. Now, I see a lot of people saying that's a normal thing, especially out, you know, a ways abroad now I get I get being directed to just sort of any seat I'm not worrying too much about numbers but when it's any tier which is what was happening so my, my ticket was for upper tier I was sitting by lads who, who had lower tier tickets now it doesn't take a genius to realise that this is compromising safety potentially putting too many people in a certain stand you know we all know what I'm talking about here and, and we don't have to accept this as normal and it shouldn't be highlighted as normal and it shouldn't just be oh well this what is what happens yeah. we're in 2017 now we've all got phones in our pockets we've all, we've all got methods of communication we need to be highlighting this type of thing we need to be saying it's wrong we need to be talking to bodies like the Football Supporters Federation we need to be telling our own club and I'd, I'd urge you if something's happened to you in Seville Tell the club, tell us, because we want to make a big deal about this. Tell tell the FSF. Yep. Um, there are some statements around. Um, I, I just want to quickly read those out to Liverpool Football Club. I've said, following detailed and troubling accounts given by Liverpool supporters attending a match against Sevilla, the club is seeking to establish the facts regarding their treatment at the hands of the host stewards and local police force. The safety and security of our supporters is, is our paramount concern and we intend to gather all the relevant information before responding further. Um, a police spoksman in, in Seville has, has spoken to ESPN. Um, 
They say there were no incidents or police charges made in the two days prior to the game or during the day of the game. The only incident was that some Liverpool fans tried to pass through the turnstile to access the stadium with false tickets, colour photocopies of tickets, and when they tried to scan the barcode, it wouldn't work. With respect to flags, normals request that banners and flags, blah, blah, blah. They talk about the size of the flags. Um, there's a lot of excuses, I feel, in their statements, um, a lot of justification for what they were doing. There is also mention in, in a statement they put out about alcohol yet again. Again, um, some things that we've heard from the past here coming up again in 2017. People have a drink at sporting events. People have a drink when they go to gigs. It's not a reason to treat them in a certain way. And certainly when, you know, again, just to say how fantastic a time we had in Sevilla. Yep. Sevilla made up that you're there. The people of Sevilla were great. I went for a pint afterwards and had a chat to people. Everyone was sound. That's the point. The point is that Sevilla, in the same way that when I love it, when supporters come to Liverpool, come to Liverpool, have a great time. That's what I want them to do. I want them to love the city. And that's the impression you got from Sevilla as well. So what is the idea? What? We're all meant to be bust in, not enjoy the city, not have any time in the city and just be coming in as these faceless drones that just sit there and watch a footy match. Don't dare have any character in your flags. Just pop cop for that turn or be there an hour early and get off. That is not a football culture that any of us want anything to do with. And when I say it's not a football culture, what I mean is it's not a lifestyle culture that anyone no. wants anything to do with. It's not something that we want as art from our humans. I love the idea of going to a European city and enjoying it. Where the where that police statement falls down is, you know, they're saying that there were no arrests, there was there was nothing that had gone on in the two day, in the two days prior to the match. Well then what meant, why were we deemed hooligans and why were we made to feel like that? And why are we mean, kept it for 40 minutes after the match when we're trying to catch a flight home at 1.30am in the morning? But even, I mean, even within the stadium, even within the stadium, there was people standing by us. Gibbo, I think, had a ticket for the lower tier. Yeah. And what I, I did see on Twitter pictures, ten, 10 minutes before kickoff, or one section of the away end, there was nobody in it because police were just... Um, almost like sheep herding you up into uh, into this bit until it was full and then herding you into this bit until it was full and by the time we were getting there we were just getting pushed into wherever there, there wasn't any space that we were we were stood crowded mm. complete joke i mean this is something we've been talking about regularly on the anfield after treatments yeah. of football fans the policing of football fans we, I, do, I would urge you to, to listen to the shows that we did with Chief Superintendent Owen West, uh, Clifford Stott, who's an academic who, kn who knows all about uh, how crowds behave and the policing of them, and also Amanda Jackson, the Football Supporters Federation. Uh, these are exactly the type of experiences that they're all working to prevent by, by, by policing students using different methods. So to end the wrap-up this week, uh, here is a quote from Chief Superintendent Owen West. Okay, so where, go, where this goes wrong is the police know that there are some high-risk individuals, but the tactical, you know, the, the tactical approach that, that we use all too often means that instead of dealing with those specific individuals, you end up dealing with the 100, 150 people stood around them as the, as the risk group. Mm. So what we're trying to do is to say, no, deal with uh, the four or five people, however many it is, that are going to cause the problem because those are the ones that you need to intervene and do something with. That doesn't give us, the police, the right to treat everybody else as if they're like-minded and they're going to do the same sort of thing. Now, that takes a different approach to tactics. That that means you've got to do more dialogue and, and you've got to get in and talk to individuals and you've got to work out who those individuals are. And in terms of you know your challenge around the, the what-if, um, yeah, there's always going to be some high-risk matches. There's always going to be some individuals that want to kick off. We know that. But as I say, it don't give us the right that everybody surrounding them, families and, and just normal fans, uh, ought to be routinely kettled and, and, and sort of, you know, uh, roughed about 
and dealt with in the way that you see uh, in some forces, including my own. You know, West Yorkshire is not, mm. uh, you know, innocent in, in any of this. And we're slowly starting to get some traction on colleagues in terms of understanding it from the perspective that me and Cliff and a few others um, are, 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 trying to, are trying to push forward. Sports Social Podcast Network.